But man, I got a great message planned for you today. Felt like God put it on my heart and since the world didn't end last week. Come on, somebody. Obviously, we got some more stuff to talk about. We're still here. Uh, we still have a mission. Uh, we still have some stuff to accomplish now. You don't have to raise your hand, but I'll just throw this out there. How many of you guys are actually contemplating, man, is the world really going to end today? You don't have to raise your hand, but just think about it. And some of you don't want to raise your hand because you don't want to look like that person, but um, that's okay. Uh, but we're here, and so we got some stuff to talk about. So turn your Bible with me, if you would, to Psalm 16. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read all the way to verse 11. And uh, really, the portion I want to highlight today is in verse 11. I hope that uh, for all of you that have time off tomorrow, you enjoy your time off with friends and family, but I I really hope that you take a moment just to pause and reflect on what Memorial Day is for. It's not just another day off, although we're thankful for that, um, but it is a time to pause and reflect and thank God for all the people that have given their life uh, for this country. Um, Even if you don't agree with war, um, you know, maybe you don't agree with that. The fact of the matter is people have laid down their life so that you and I could be sitting here today. And uh, even if you don't agree with war, I, th- I believe we can still honor the men and women who have done that. And so take a moment tomorrow or this weekend just, uh, just to do that and thank God for those, those people. Psalm 16, starting in verse 1, it says this, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. How many of you guys think you can take refuge in God? Seven of you. All right. The rest of you today will be. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. In other words, I'm going to worship Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords and him only. Verse 5, the Lord is my chosen portion. And my cup, you hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. Verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Amen. Or let your Holy One see corruption. Verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I've been wrestling with verse 11 uh, uh, for quite some time now. As I've read this verse and I understand that, that in his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. But how many of you guys, you would say you don't feel that fullness of joy all the time? Okay? That sometimes that fullness of joy or just joy in general seems to be lacking. But, but yet, God, I thought you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. And if you don't leave me, God, and you don't forsake me, God, that means uh, uh, your presence is there. But yet I don't feel the fullness of joy all the time. What's happening What's taking place? God, if you left me, what do I do in those times when I'm not feeling your presence? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, you would speak to every single person in this place. That God, we would discover through your word and uh, God, through the, uh, the reading of the scriptures and through discussion today, what we can do, Lord, in those seasons where maybe we don't feel the fullness of joy. God, we don't feel your presence. 
Lord, I pray that you would challenge us today, encourage us today, and equip us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All of us, uh, you know, have probably had a best friend at one time, right? Uh, maybe some of you were lucky enough to marry your best friend like I did. Uh, maybe you're not married yet. Uh, maybe you're, you know, you're in that engaged season. Uh, or maybe you're just in a season of singleness, but you have that best friend. You have that person that, that you can fight in. Now, when you have that person that you're really close with and you connect with, I think all of us know what it feels like when, when although we might be in the same room together, there might be this distance between you. You all know what I'm talking about. You could be in the exact same room together. You could, be, you could be, if you're married, you could be sleeping next to her or him, and you could be lying in the same bed, but yet it feels like there's this great divide, that even though you're in the same place, you're not in each other's presence. For those of us that aren't married yet, and you might not understand that analogy, think about your best friend, and, and maybe there's a conflict that took place. You all know what it feels like when you are, are walking together in stride, and you're connecting with one another. There's that peace, there's that joy, there's that happiness. It's you're getting along with one another. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay? And then there comes those moments when all of a sudden you don't feel that anymore. You're kind of like, man, there's something off. There's something wrong. I had one of those seasons not too long ago with my wife. And, uh, you know, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. That happens occasionally. Um, One of the worst things you could do is ignore it. Um, And I'm the kind of person that goes after things, all right? And so if I, if I notice that there's a disconnect with my wife, I'm, I'm you know, and, and probably, uh, I, it probably pushes her buttons a little bit, and sometimes, yes, I probably push those buttons on purpose, all right? Get over it, okay? We're working out our marriage with fear and trembling, okay? But there's those moments when I don't feel that close to her, yet, I mean, obviously she didn't move out of the house, you know? We're sleeping in the same bed, but, man, there's this divide. And so I'm the type of person, if I notice that something's wrong, I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to keep knocking on that door. Say, hey, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. No, no, seriously, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. No, baby, are you, would you leave me alone? <laughs> okay? And I just go after it. Why? Because, because I want to get back into her presence. And I want her presence to get back into me. I don't like that feeling of that, that lack of peace and that lack of joy. Now, obviously, there's an appropriate way to do that. And sometimes I don't always take the appropriate route. I just bulldog it. And I'm going after it, okay? Um, because I just, want, I just want to be reunited. I want to be connected. We had a season like that not too long ago. And, and I was talking with her. And I was like, babe, you doing all right? And, and she was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, no, no, look at me. Are you doing okay? You know? And finally, I got through to her, and she said, well, it's just that we haven't gone on a date in a while. Oh, oh, okay. Haven't gone on a date in a while. And all of a sudden, I stopped, and I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, dear Jesus, it has been a long time. It had been like eight weeks since we had been on a date, okay? Now, that is not my, my norm, and, I just, and of course, I try to smooth it over. I was like, baby, like every day is a date with you. I could, just, I could just sit here and stare into your eyes, and it's a date. That didn't go over too well. Okay. She was like, no, I want you to take me out. I want to go on a date, you know. She said, you've been working so much. You know, you put the kids down, you go back to work, and, and then, you know, you wake up before I do, and, and you're working when I wake up, and then you rush the kids out. You come home, you work with baby. I, I, just, I just need to go on a date. And it was at that moment I realized, you know, I need to do something to get back into my wife's presence. It's not just enough, because here's, here's what some of us want to do, okay? As, as we go after it, and, and they're not coming around, we just want to be like, you know what? Just go deal with your issue and come back when you're done. Now, I know some of you wouldn't say that, but you know you think it, right? Okay? 
And you just think, you know, just as soon as you're done with whatever it is, you know, come back and, and we'll talk. But, you know, you can't do that. There has to be something that you do to get back into the presence of that person. You know, as I was reading the scripture today, I, I realize it's the same way with God sometimes. That, 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 that although the Bible says that, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, which means he's there all the time. The Bible says if we make our bed in the pit of hell, there he will be with us. I like to think of it this way, that even if I begin to live like hell, that he's still right there coming after me. He hasn't left me. He hasn't forsaken me. But there's times in my walk with God when I don't feel that connection. I don't feel his presence, although he hasn't, he hasn't left me. Now, I can't do what I just said a minute ago. I can't tell God, you know what, God, just go work your issues out and come back when you're ready. <laughs> I tried it. It didn't work too well, okay? You can't do that. And so what do you need to do? You need to, you need to discover some things where you can begin to go after the presence of God, that you can begin to feel that presence in your life. How many of you would say that you want to feel the presence of God in your life all the time and maybe more than you are right now, Okay? I want to feel the presence of God. I, I, it's great theologically to know that he's there, okay? It's, it's, it's great. You know, I read the scriptures, and I'm a faith person, and I believe what the word says, that, okay, God, you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. But sometimes, God, I don't want to just read about it. I want to feel it. Are you with me this morning? I want to feel the presence of God in my life. We need to understand a couple things, and that is this, that uh, the Bible says in Acts 17, 27, that he is actually not far from us, but he is near us. He's close to us, the Bible says. He's not far from us. He's near us. He's close to us. And then it goes on to say this, in the hopes, and in one of the translations I like, it says this, in the hopes that we might grope for him. Now, what does that word mean? It means that we might feel our way towards him. That he is not far from us. He's actually near us. He's, he's right there. Hello, open your eyes. He's right there. And he does that in the hopes that we might feel our way towards him. Are you with me this morning? Okay. This is what God wants from us. In those seasons, he doesn't want us to draw back. He wants us. The Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Okay. And here's the thing. As you draw near to God, the one thing I realized about God, he's a lot bigger than me. So as tall as I am, I could take a big step towards God. But when God draws near to me, his step is really big. Are you with me this morning? And so in those seasons when, yes, theologically, and we read scriptures, we understand that God's there, but we don't feel him, what do we need to do? We need to learn how to get back into his presence. We need to learn how to draw near to God. Um, one of my pastors used to say this, that God likes to play hide and seek. Okay? That sometimes, you know, even though you don't feel the presence of God, he's not far from you. He's kind of just, you know, right here in the hopes, Acts 17, that you might find your way, feel your way towards him. Now, not hide-and-seek in the sense that you play when you're older, okay? Because as you get older, hide-and-seek isn't fun anymore, so you play hide-and-go-seek in the dark, right? It's just weird, right? The kind of hide-and-seek I play with my daughters, who are eight and six. The kind of hide-and-seek we play is this, is that, okay, baby girls, I will, I'll go stand in the corner, I'll count, you go hide. So I'll count to 20, and I'll go look for them. Here's the thing. If I don't find my girls with, like, in 10 seconds, they start making noises. <clears throat> Over here. Over here, you know? And they're, they're hiding. I mean, my place isn't that big. I mean, you, don't, you only have so many places to, to hide in a thousand square foot condo, right? And they've exhausted all of them, you know? And, and so the, but they make these noises. Why? Because they want me to find them. There's an excitement that happens. There's this, there's this joy, this anticipation of what's it going to be like when daddy finds me? And if I take too long, they'll finally just jump out from whatever and go, boo! You know? 
and try to scare me. And so I do the same thing. It's their turn to count. I'll go hide, you know, and, and I'll wait and wait and wait. And finally, you know, after a while, walking around the camp, find me. I'm like, hello, I'm over here, I'm over here. Why? Because there's some joy, some excitement that happens when we're found. I believe God is the same way. That God is walking with us, we're feeling his presence, but all of a sudden there'll be a season of our life where, wait, God, are you still there? I'm not, I'm not feeling you like I did yesterday. And all of a sudden now we begin to feel our way for him. And if it's taking too long, God's a good God. Come on, somebody. He'll drop some hints and he'll begin to tell us, hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. Why? Because he wants you to find. You've got to understand that God is not far from you. He's actually close to you. The other thing you've got to understand is Hebrews 13, verse 5, tells us that he'll never leave us or forsake us. So if you're here this morning, you're saying, you know, I don't feel God. I mean, I felt him before, but I'm not, has he left me? Just let the Bible answer that one right now. God has not left you. Are you with me this morning? He's right there. He just wants you to begin to get back into his presence. So I want to share with you in the next few moments we have together just some things that I have learned in my life that helped get me back into the presence of God. Can I share these with you this morning? Thank you in the back. Appreciate that. Some of you already checked out for the weekend. But just, just dial in with me right here. Let me just share with you out of my heart this morning. Some things that I've learned, uh, you know, as I've been go- walking with God and, 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 you know, even as a pastor, but even before I was a pastor, just things that I applied to my life as a young Christian and that I believe have helped me. And I want you to know something right off the bat. I'm not just going to share with you some, some great thoughts or great ideas. All of these are found in Scripture, Okay. Which, you know, this isn't even a part of what I want to share, but uh, if you're not feeling the presence of God, one really good way to feel the presence of God is open this right here. Not mine, yours, okay? All right? It don't matter if you got a big one, a small one, a red one, a black one, okay? It don't matter if you have one of those microscopic ones where you got to wear glasses to read it, okay? Let me tell you something. If you just get into this right here and you begin, how many got the iPhone? Come on. Get on your iPhone, whatever you got, Okay? you got a droid, get saved and get an iPhone, okay? Just kidding. And if you still got a Blackberry, I'm sorry, you know. The rapture happened last weekend for you, so. You know, whatever you got it on, just pull it out and read it. You say, well, man, I don't have time to read. That's the great thing about the app on the iPhone. Is if you don't have time to read, it's got a little listen button. Come on, somebody. And you can just hit audio and it starts to play for you. And some would say that's cheating. That's not cheating. Just get the word in you one way or the other. I'm telling you right now, if you don't feel the presence of God in your life, just begin to read the Bible. That's a fantastic place to start because everything, listen, you can't base your life on circumstances. You can't base your life on emotions because circumstances will change. Come on, how many know hormones will change? I got three women in my house, two daughters, one wife, and a female poodle. Come on, somebody. There are hormones all over the place, okay? So we can't just trust emotions. And actually, I'm the most hormonal one out of all of them probably, but, you know. And so there are, you can't trust that. What you need to do is you need to be grounded in the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? And you begin to get the Word of God, and you begin to open it, and you begin to read it. I'm telling you what, man, you're going to begin to feel the presence of God once again. So some of the things I want to share you, uh, all the things I want to share with you today are founded and grounded in the Word of God. The first one, very simply, is this that I think about, uh, that you can reconnect with God. Is prayer, okay? You're like, wow, this is going to be a simple message today. Absolutely. Because I found this, that, that when people come to me and they're having problems in their marriage, or maybe it's not even a marriage, they're just having problems in life, maybe they're having problems connecting with God, one of the first questions I'll ask them is this, is have you been reading your Bible lately? 
well, I've tried, but I just, I just don't seem to have the time. Like, I really want to, and I know I should, but, well, when's the last time you read it? Well, what scripture did you read last week, Pastor? <laughs> when's the last time you read it? Well, it's been, it's been probably months since I've read the Bible. Okay. And I'll ask him this question. Well, when's the last time you prayed? Well, what, what's that? When's the last time you, 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 talked, you talked with God? Oh, just yesterday. Just yesterday. I, I, I talked to God. I looked at my checkbook and I said, God, help! You know? No, when's the last time you had a, had a conversation? When's the last time you prayed? I believe this with all my heart that if you would, you know, and yes, the word of God, that is, that is premier, that is numeral uno, but some things I've discovered that if I'm not feeling the presence of God, I understand that he hasn't left me. And one of the great ways that you can get into the presence of somebody, including the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, is by having a conversation with them. Okay? I mean, if you've got it, I mean, here's the thing is, you know, if, if you've blown it real bad with your wife and she won't talk to you, you might have to slip her little love notes under the door, Okay? But one of the greatest ways you're going to reconnect with your wife, your spouse, your husband is by conversation, okay? I mean, it's not going to be by sitting quietly on the couch, to, you know, next to one another watching television, ticked off at each other, okay? Or if you've got two TVs, one of you's watching in the room, one of you's watching out in the living room. If that doesn't work, you pull out your iPhone. Come on, somebody. Netflix, you know? That's not going to get you anywhere. You've got to begin to open up with a conversation. And the first words out of your mouth shouldn't be, it's your fault. Okay? You've got to begin to build that conversation. You've got to begin to talk. Okay? If you're not feeling the presence of God, real simple, you just need to begin to have a conversation with him. You need to begin to, you need to begin to pray. Now, some of you are sitting out there, and the first thing you're probably thinking is, I, I really don't know how to pray. I don't know how, but Pastor Ben, I heard you pray, and I, if that's prayer, I don't know how to do that. No, what you heard, yes, that, that's a type of prayer, okay? But can I, just, can I just break it down for you? Prayer is simply you having a conversation with God, okay? I mean, some of you have tried, you know, like, okay, what do I do? Okay, I heard Pastor Ben the other day, okay, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to pray. Ah, oh, spacious Father, how great thou art. Omnipotent God! Holy One of Israel, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi. Okay. Okay. That's great, but can I, can I just tell you this? Just say, God, how you doing today? Oh, that's right. You're always good. Sorry for asking. I'm not doing so good today, God, because I'm not you. I'm mean. I'm flawed. And you just begin to have a conversation. Let me just tell you this. One, I, I remember way back when I was actually having, and I've always been a, a prayer warrior. I love to pray. But I remember I was going through a season one time where I was having difficulty in prayer. And so I thought, what can I do? I mean, if, if my wife was here and I need to reconnect, I would just turn her towards me and I would look her in the eyes. And so I literally did this. I went and I got a chair. And I set a chair up there. And I set a chair here. And I just looked at that chair and I pretended God was sitting right there. And I just had a conversation. I even gave him a cup of coffee. He didn't drink it, so I had two, but... You know, I just had a conversation. Listen to me. It's real easy. Just open your mouth and begin to talk to him. And whatever's on your heart, whatever you're going through, don't worry about saying the wrong words. God's heard every word known to man. I've even heard some people the first time praying, they dropped a couple swear words, you know. Like, God, I just don't know what the blank is going on in my life. 
but I know you blink and do, God, so I'm not joking. I heard it. And I was just like, hey, yeah, just get it out, brother. Come on, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Okay? <laughs> just talk to him. Just talk to him, okay? I mean, there's a learning curve, okay? But, man, just talk to God. Talk to God. Pray. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, and let me just, let me just sum it up, and begin to pray, then I begin to hear from heaven. What is that? That's if they would begin to talk to me, and they begin to look my way and begin to talk, then I would come and I would be with them, and then it doesn't stop there. It says then I'm going to heal, heal their whole entire land. That's pretty fantastic. Where did it start? It started with a conversation with God. In Luke Chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, the disciples of Jesus saw Jesus having a conversation with God, having a prayer time. Now, that had to be a pretty killer conversation. God on earth having conversation with God in heaven. And they, they observed this, and they came and they said, hey, teach us to pray, because there's something going on there. What was it? They saw this. They saw the connection of the presence of God through a conversation that was taking place. And they so desperately wanted that. Acts 44, verse 31, it says that, that, that when they had all prayed, the place that they were praying in was shaken. Why? Because the presence of God came in. When you begin to pray, it brings the presence of God. When you begin to just have a conversation. Listen to me, if you're not feeling the presence of God, it's not time to run. It's time to, well, it's not time to run from him. It's time to run to him. And the simplest way you can do that is just say, God, let's talk. Let's just talk. I want to encourage you this week, if you're not feeling the presence of God, maybe you're, you're hearing me today and you're like, you know what, I don't really pray unless I'm in trouble, okay? I don't really pray unless I need something. How many of you guys ever had those friends in your life that the only time they talked to you is when they needed something or when they were in trouble, okay? How many of you just, you just, get, you just you see that number now and it says do not answer because you typed it in, don't answer this number. <laughs> I have some like that on my phone, <laughs> So if I haven't answered your call, I don't want to know what's getting. Okay. And you just, now how does God feel when the only time we talk to him is like, yo, God, could I? He wants you to be in his presence, and he wants his presence to be in you. Uh, another thing I've, I've discovered is this, very simply, it is prophecy. Prophecy. Now, I don't want to get too deep into this theologically on what prophecy is, because I don't really mean it uh, in the context of the gift of prophecy, as it talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. I don't even mean it in the sense necessarily of, uh, of, you know, accurately depicting the word of God, although we need to do that, and we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But what I mean by this is what it talks about in Romans uh, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 17, when it says, speak of those things that aren't as though they are. Now, obviously we know that that specific scripture is, is dealing with Genesis in the beginning of time. When God spoke into existence all that we see, okay? But it brings to mind this, this question of, does God want us to speak of those th some things that aren't as though they are? And I believe he does, because Matthew 11 tells us this. It tells us that, that if we speak to this mountain to be cast into the sea, what's going to happen? It's going to be done for us. In other, in other words, we're speaking of some things that aren't as though they are. Now, obviously, you know, in our life today, we're not necessarily thinking about a natural mountain, but we're thinking about a mountain in our way. What is the obstacle that we're trying to overcome? It seems insurmountable. It seems like I'm not going to be able to overcome it. But the Bible tells us, let's speak in faith that that thing is removed. In other words, let's speak some things that aren't 
as though they are. The Bible says in Proverbs uh, verse 18, or chapter 18, verse 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat of its fruit. In other words, if you speak words of death, are you with me today? You have the choice. I could speak words of life, or I could speak words of death. I could speak, now I'm not just talking about the, the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about a faith stance in the Word of God that says, man, there is something in front of me, but you know what? I'm not going to declare what's in front of me. I'm going to declare what God wants in front of me. Are you with me right now? That's why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. I see the mountain, it's there. The, the obstacle is there. The circumstance is there. But how many of you know that walking around the circumstance and talking about how bad it is doesn't bring the presence of God? I mean, when's the last time you felt better by walking around like, man, I feel like crap today. Man, life sucks. Man, I feel like I got ran over by a train. Man, I hate life. I'm sure we've all felt that way. We've all maybe been there before. But when's the last time you felt the presence of God talking like that? Right? I mean, if you're having difficulty with your finances, gosh, I'm poor, I'm broke. Man, this is, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. I'm never going to be able to pay my bills. I've never have been able to. I never will be able to. Matter of fact, I'm probably going to lose my job. I mean, do you feel good when you're talking like that? I know I don't. I mean, think about when you're sick or, or whatever it is. Maybe you're facing some difficulty in your marriage. Okay? Complaining about how bad your wife is probably isn't going to make you feel any better. Because you're probably the problem anyway. At least in my marriage, that's usually the way it is. I'm usually the, the culprit. But man, when you begin to speak life over that, and you begin to speak, I mean, if you look at your finances, you go, wow, man, God is good. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Man, the righteous have never been forsaken, nor have their seed ever had the baked bread. Man, God is going to provide a supernatural way. God's going to provide the finances. Man, money's coming. I'm telling you, there's going to be a check in the mail today when I go to the mailbox. Come on, somebody. Even if the check ain't there at the end of the day, you sure felt better about the day. Right? Because you're not, you know, what is that? Man, it's, it's, it's speaking those things that aren't as though they are, and it's not just positive confession. You actually begin to take the word of God. You begin to speak it over your circumstance and your situation. Now listen to me. So many times in my life, I, I've, I've been to the place where there is zero in the bank account. I've been to the place where I did not feel good. I've been up against some, some, some mountains, Okay? But man, when I begin to declare the word of the Lord and I begin to declare what God says about my circumstance and my situation, not only did I feel better, but I felt the presence of God in the midst of it. And where, where, where God got in the midst of it, I saw him begin to open up doors that could never be opened. Are you with me this morning? And you begin to declare that type of stuff. And you begin to declare life. And you begin to declare, declare wholeness. And you begin to confess those things that aren't as though they are. In the Old Testament, we see time and time again when someone was to be anointed king, when the presence of God would come on that king, they would call for the prophet. And the prophet would come, and they would anoint him. We see it with David in 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 23. As Samuel came and, and anointed David to be that next king, what did it bring? It brought the presence of God. It brought the anointing of God. When you begin to speak prophetically over your circumstance and your situation, I believe not only will you feel the presence of God again in the middle of that, but you'll begin to see your circumstance and your situation change. If you believe that, say amen. When we first started the church, we knew 
Because like, I've shared this with you guys before. We've been going for about two years now, a little over two years. And uh, they don't give out small business loans from banks to help start a church because you can't show a profit and loss, okay? And they want a whole business plan, profit and loss statements, you know, what product you're selling, you know. And uh, you can't get a small business loan. And so we knew that, man, we had some work cut out for us. And God has provided supernaturally, man. Uh, I mean, honestly, God has blessed this church. I'm blown away when I look and see how blessed we are. But there was a season, and I told my wife, look, babe, we're all in. Like, it's, like, it's everything. Like, what's going to take, you know? And, uh, and so we literally went all in. Um, we invested, uh, you know, a large chunk of our own personal money into this church, which I believe that's the way it should be. But we did that. And so there was a season uh, when we first started the church where things were, were very tight, okay? And from time to time, they still do get tight. But when we started the church, man, it was very tight. But me and my wife had this conversation. We said, you know what? We are not going to ever talk about our finances in a negative light. So not only that, if our kids ask us for something and we're not able to buy it, we're never going to tell them like, you know what, kids? Uh, no, mommy and daddy don't have enough money to buy that. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna come up with a way that we can tell our kids, you know what? Man, that is a great goal. But you know what? We need to learn to save money in order to purchase things like that. Too many times when kids ask for stuff, we just write it off like, oh, we don't have money for that. Okay, but in the mind of a child, they begin to develop like, oh, we don't have money. Okay? Instead, we take that as a, as, a, as a time to learn, and we say, you know what, baby, that is a great goal. Let's look and see how much money you've saved so far, and let's see how much money we can save, and let's purchase that together. Okay? But we decided that we were never going to speak over our finances negatively. We began to speak life over our finances and as we began to speak life, the Holy Spirit challenged us and said, you know what, man, I want you to, I want you to, um, what, how much do you, he asked me, this, he said, how much do you want to be making? I said, I want to be making this much, okay? He said, okay, this is what I want you to, I not only want you to speak that you're making that much, start speaking it now, but I want you to begin to tithe right now as if you're making that much. And I said, God, you're crazy. <laughs> okay? And so we began to do it. And as we began to do it, we saw our finances increase. Now, let me tell you something. If you think it was an increase that, oh, what, you gave yourself a pay raise, you know, great. I mean, now we have a board that, that, that does that. I can't, I can't give myself a pay raise. What happened was is God began to open doors for me to go speak at different places and do different things. And all of a sudden, our finances, and we started getting blessed, and all of a sudden, our finances began to increase and increase and increase. And I just, I, you know, I look back, and I'm like, you know what, God? I don't want to stop and try to figure it out because I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> so I'm just going to thank you for it, and I'm going to keep moving forward in Jesus' mighty name. Listen to me. I don't know what it is in your life, where that, where that, where that obstacle is, where that mountain is, but I'm telling you right now, talking about the mountain, complaining about the mountain to other people, dreaming about how bad the mountain is, is not going to change things. But if you begin to get some faith inside, if you begin to speak over that, come on, somebody, I believe it's going to change in Jesus' mighty name. Do you believe that? Amen. Let me just share with you this last one, and obviously there's many more that we could pull from Scripture. Um, but let me just share with you this last one. I want to share with you, this is praise. Praise brings the presence of God. Prayer, have a conversation. Man, when you begin to speak life over things, man, you just begin to feel, you know, the presence of God. But praise, I believe, begins to bring the presence of God. Matter of fact, I, pre I preached a message one time that, that said this, that prayer brings your request to God, but praise brings God to your request. Because the Bible says this in Psalm 22, 3, that he is enthroned in the praises of his people. He's enthroned. What does that word mean to be enthroned? It means he abides. 
If you study that word out, it means he's actually married to. So man, there's this great divine connection when he abides or is enthroned in the praises of his people. Now, now listen to me. I know that praise is so much more than just music and singing, okay? But just for a minute, indulge me because, because there's something so powerful about praise and worship music, okay? Not only is there something so powerful about praise and worship music, really music in general has, has, has just, it, it builds an atmosphere. You all know what I'm talking about? It just builds this atmosphere. Matter of fact, let me show it to you here. Let's put on this first one. See, I'm going to put the gloves on right now and you just want to, I mean, keep playing that for me. Keep playing that. I mean, listen to that right now. It is hard to be down. You can't be like, oh, man, life sucks. Man, so you're like, yeah, life's awesome. I'm going to run some stairs, you know. Hit the jump rope out, and, you know. Just go for it. I mean, are you all with me? It just kind of builds this like, yeah. I mean, look, there's a dude running around in the back right now. There he is. That's awesome. Come on, you know. And so let's go to this next one. I mean, we got another one here for you. Now, I'm not going to ask, you know, what's going through your mind right now. I don't want to know, okay? But that begins to just, it kind of begins to solicit a response, doesn't it? Matter of fact, me and my wife were having a little bit of a, a conversation last night, and she was a little bit upset with me because I didn't do the dishes. And so she was trying to be serious, and all of a sudden I reached over to my iTunes, and I just clicked, and Marvin Gaye came on, and she just got this grin on her face. She was like, stop it. I want to be upset with you right now. I was like, no. It just changed the atmosphere, and the rest is history. So I'm going to kill that. Go and kill that. What does it do? It immediately begins to change the mood you're in. It immediately begins to change your perspective. And immediately begins to change the atmosphere. There is something so powerful about, about praise and worship music. The Bible says he's enthroned now. Now, I know you're sitting there and saying, well, Ben, it's not just, it's not just music. I'm praising so much. Yes, it is. It is. Absolutely. But I read this about in, in 1 Samuel 16, uh, 14 through 23. And it says that, uh, that a distressing spirit, this is after uh, God r- removed the anointing from Saul. And he now put the anointing on, uh, on David to be king. The Bible says that God appointed a distressing spirit to come upon Saul. And Saul would just be like in bad mood. I mean, he started chucking spears at people. Read your Bible. Bad mood. Ticked off. Okay? He said, let's go look for somebody throughout the land who is a good person and all this stuff, but that can play, you know, skillfully music. And they ended up finding David, the one that that, uh, Samuel anointed to be king. And the Bible says that, that, that David would come and he would play his harp. dee 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 I don't know what a harp sounds. It's been a while, but. Yes, Lord. That was awesome. Thank you. And he began to play the harp. Okay. He began to play the harp. He began to sing. And now check this out. The Bible says that the distressing spirit would actually leave Saul. Now think about this for a moment. That distressing spirit was appointed by God. But the praise and worship that would come out of David was so powerful that the distressing spirit would leave and the presence of God would come. I don't know, but that's pretty powerful. Don't tell me there's not a spirit on music. 
Don't tell me there's not an atmosphere. There is very much a spirit and atmosphere. And whatever, all of a sudden, man, you begin to put on some words. Come on, you ever been down before and you begin to put on some praise? Or you walked in this morning and, man, they sound pretty good. And I've never raised my hands in worship. What's happening right now? It must be one of those churches, but I feel uncomfortable, but I can't help myself. It's just like, I love you, Jesus. You know? You feel it. Something begins to change. Matter of fact, check this out. In 2 Kings 3.15, and I'm going to read this one to you just so I can show it to you. Uh, because a lot of people say that, you know what, you know, where did music come in in the church? And why do we have to do praise? And why do we have to do worship? I'll tell you why. Because it begins to change the atmosphere in you. It begins to change your perspective. It begins to change the things that are around you. Matter of fact, in, in 2 Kings 3, and we're going to finish with this story. 2 Kings 3. The king of Edom, the king of uh, Judah, and the king of Israel all get together now, and they're going to go after the, uh, the, the Moabites. And they're going to take them out because they're all ticked off at them. And so they go, and they, they make this thing, you know, pack together, and they're going to go after them. And the Bible says they're on a seven-day journey, and they're going after Moab. And they're going to take them out. And on their journey, they've been going for seven days, and they have not found water. There's no water anywhere. So all the soldiers, all the, all the, all the horses, everything's just thirsty. And they're literally thinking, we're going to die unless we find water. And so they say, well, call, call someone, call the prophet over here to help us out. And so they call the prophet over to prophesy some water into existence and get the word of the Lord. Now listen to some of the first words out of his mouth before he begins to prophesy. Before he begins to, to bring the water. And check this out, verse 15, chapter 3. And Elisha says this, before I prophesy anything, listen to this. But now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Think about this for a moment. Here is the army. They're parched. They're on the verge of death. And they finally get to Elisha. Elisha, you've got to help us. And Elisha says, you know what? I need some mood music. I need that harp. Think about this. The army's about to die. The horses are thirsty. They're going after the, the, the Moabites to take them out. And Elisha wants mood music. I don't know if he asked for candles next. He's like, you know what? Get, bring me a musician. Out in the middle of nowhere. But they find one. The musician comes. The Bible says the minute he began to play, the hand of God came upon him. Now, let, 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 me, just, let me just do this in closing, okay? Let me... You got something ready for me? You know you're going to go? Okay. Don't do it yet. Okay. Let me just show you how powerful music is. Okay. We're concluding the message. And I believe that God wants you to understand something today. I believe that in those seasons when, when you don't feel the presence of God, that God wants you to come after him. And God wants you to feel his presence once again. And God wants you to know that you can make it, that you can do it, that he is for you, and he is not against you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Now, that was really good, right? Okay, but now, now let's get some music going, okay? But as we close today, I want you to know something. That God wants you to come after him. And he wants you to feel your way towards his presence. And God wants you to know that he is for you and he is not against you. That he loves you. And if he is for you, then no one can be against you. Okay, stop. Which one did you like better? 
The second one, right? I mean, wasn't it so much, some of you are like, oh, dude, you just killed it. I was feeling it. Well, here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand this. That it's not about the band on the stage. It's not about Pastor Ben yelling at you. But if you don't feel the presence of God, if you would just begin to pray, if you would just begin to speak those things that aren't as though they are, and if that ain't cutting it, get some mood music, baby. Put on a CD, get some worship music going, and I'm telling you the presence of God will come back into your life once again. If you believe that, say amen. You go and play. Lord, we thank you for today. God, we thank you, Lord God, that you're a good God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can walk away today, Lord, not just having learned some principles that sound good, but, Lord, we could walk away today, God, knowing for certain that you are not far from us, but, God, that you're near us in the hopes that we might feel our way towards you, in the hopes that we might come after you, God, and begin to feel your presence, as it says in, in Psalm 16, verse 11, once again. That we might feel the fullness of joy. That we might feel your presence, God. Lord, in our home, in our marriage, in our finances, on the job place. Lord, it's not just about a Sunday morning. 